0: All right, so we're getting, we're doing a study on uh, the people involved in the Nativity story, and I got the lucky straw of getting Joseph. Pastor Mo says, "Well, there's not a lot in the Bible about Joseph, so you can have that one." I was like, "Okay, I got you, I got you, Pastor. I got you back." But uh, I said, "I'll give you a quick." Title, he always likes sermon titles, and I was like, I never do sermon titles, but I'll give you one, not your average Joe. So we're going to, Joseph is not average at all. In fact, if you think about all of the people that God could have chosen, he picked Joseph to raise Jesus, to be the male influence in Jesus' life. I think that is a tremendous compliment that God gave to Joseph and You know, he had to be above average. He had to be special in God's eyes for God to assign him uh, his, his one and only son. So I know many of you have probably thought about this if you're a parent. What will happen if something were to happen to me? Who would raise my children? Who would look after them? Who could I trust to be a good parent? And if you're like me, you run through a bunch of names, and you think, nobody. And he's like, I, I can't think of anybody I would. You know, they, One would be too easy, one would be too hard, one would be spoil them, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it would be hard to find that perfect person to entrust your child to. Uh, maybe you've you're found yourself as a single parent, and uh, you know, you're thinking, well, I'm still young. I don't want to live by myself the rest of my life. Maybe there's a special someone I want to bring into my life. And, you know, that makes it very hard and challenging for that single parent, because not only are you just having to figure things out for yourself, but you have to consider your children as well and think, well, how is this person going to mesh with my child or children? I know when Anna and I got together, everybody shook their heads and they said, that's a mess. That's a train wreck waiting to happen. We're going to mix three and two together and have five kids. And I always said, we're like the Brady Bunch, but we never had Alice. uh, But it is important to find that right person, you know, that you can trust to be around your children. And uh, so as you think about this, you know, many of us are even raising children that are not our own. You know, maybe you're raising your grandchildren. Maybe you are raising a nephew or a niece or you've adopted a child or whatever. And, you know, that's important for you to be able to be trusted with that child. You think about it. That uh, Every time I look at, at a child, I think, you know, one that comes into my life, I think, God, why did you bring that child into my life? And not every child is one of those, oh, they're a perfect little angel, you know, some of the kids that, I, that God brings into my life um, challenge me. And they challenge my patience, and they challenge my, my character. And uh, you wonder why I'm bald. I raised five kids, so I had a lot of hair pulling <laughs> moments. Amen. And I'm sure many of you had as well. But um, yeah, we're going to look at Joseph because God entrusted Jesus to him. And God paid Joseph a high compliment by bringing Joseph in, uh, Jesus into Joseph's life. Uh, Joseph was above average because he was chosen by God to do this. Think about this. Any child that God's given to you, God chose you to raise that child. And you may think, "Well, wow, this child is testing me and pushing my limits and pushing my buttons, and I'm just, I don't know that I can do it. You can do all things through Christ that strengthen you, okay? God wouldn't have given you that child if, if you didn't think you could handle it, okay? So I think about that, that God loved Joseph, and he picked out Joseph out of all the people in the world, and that Joseph was called, called to be a parent. He was called to be Jesus' parent. Uh, we also know that Joseph was a carpenter. Uh, They made mention when Jesus was in Nazareth, and uh, he read out of the book of Isaiah. And they said, isn't he Joseph's son, the the carpenter? Who does he think he is? And so we know that that Joseph was a carpenter. And, you know, most of us understand the difference between a blue-collar and a white-collar worker, right? Uh, Joseph was a blue-collar guy. He was the one that would work with his hands and provide for his family with his hands. Um, God chose Joseph because Joseph could provide for his child. And I think this is important, too, because, you know, carpenters aren't necessarily on the upper echelon. Of society, not to say anything bad about them, but they're not professors, they're not doctors, they're not lawyers, they're not religious leaders, you know, they're not politicians, they're not, you know, they are usually your average Joe, right? But they're good with their hands. But, um, you know, we can look and see that, that Joseph was just an ordinary guy. He wasn't, there wasn't anything that you would say that would stand out. You know, he wasn't a religious leader. Um, you know, and you would think, well, if God was going to bring the Messiah into the world, he would have entrusted him, someone like the Apostle Paul, you know, to be his, his surrogate father or whatever. And no, God chose this man who was a carpenter. So anyway, we can assume by his trade that he could provide for his family. And it's important for us to provide for our family. Uh, I know a lot of folks... Seem to think that, you know, I don't have to provide for my kids. The government can do it for them. No. It's your job to provide for your family. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are to work with our hands. In 1 Thessalonians 4.11, that uh, he says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, and you should mind your own business. And work with your hands, just as we told you. That's a biblical commandment okay that we're to lead a quiet life we're to go to work we are to show up do a good job and provide for our family in fact first timothy 5 8 says that if we do not provide for our family keep going make all kinds of scriptures <laughs> he's like I, I put i put pastor mo to work this week i gave him about 100 scriptures that we're going to refer to today but anyway, First, first Timothy 5.8 says that we are to provide for our family, for he who does not provide for his own is worse than an unbeliever. Okay? So we are to provide uh, for our families. And um, Ephesians 4.28 says this, Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. So the Bible is very clear that we are to be productive people. Amen? Not to be sitting around waiting on somebody else to do something for us, but we are to produce something so that we can have something to share with somebody else. I pause for amen. Oh, amen. There you go. There you go. A little, add, a little dramatic effect there. All right. But anyway, Joseph probably wasn't rich, and he was uh, probably not high ed- highly educated, and he definitely was not an influential religious leader in his community. Yet he was chosen by God to be Jesus' male influence in his life. That's pretty cool. So I'm reminded of this verse in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter one, this passage of Scripture, "You understand that we are all called by God." right? God calls us out. And when God calls us to do something, he doesn't necessarily base it on, he doesn't necessarily base it on our credentials, okay? He, he bases it on our hearts. And uh, it says this in, in 1 Corinthians one twenty six. it says, brothers and th- sisters, think of what you were when you were called remember when you were saved he says think about that day when you were saved he says not many of you were wise by human standards anybody here got a phd all right i got one praise the lord hallelujah takes a lot all right but not many of us have a phd all right um he says he says not many of you are influential (laughs) that's kind of funny right do any of you have influence in the community, in the country, or whatever? He says, not many of you are influential. Not many of you are noble by birth. Many of you aren't kings and queens, right? It's always funny to talk to an American and you know, say, my family was royalty. You know, we're this and this and this and related to, yeah, and we're all living on you know, Main Street, not in a castle somewhere, right? He said, we're not noble by birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. I love this. It's like God says, don't get too full of yourself because I picked you out of the muck and the mire. You're not all that in a bag of chips, right? I didn't pick you because you were special. I picked you because I loved you. God saw what you were, and he he said, I can elevate you into something great, and I can receive the glory from it instead of you starting out ahead and saying you did it all by yourself. So God chose Joseph, though he wasn't all that, right? Right? Although he wasn't an influential leader, though he wasn't a noble, God still chose him. And I love that. I love the fact that God chose the ordinary. And God always chooses those things or not. And so, you know, it's good and bad when you think about it. It's like, well, it's good that God chose me. And it's bad that I'm not all that. But you know what? I'd rather be picked by God than left behind. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we can see here that God chose Joseph. And uh, that's that's the first thing. And now we're going to see that Joseph was faithful to his calling. All right? So uh, we can see the character of Joseph on full display in the story of the nativity. So what kind of character is there that we see? Well, let's look at um, Matthew chapter 1. And in Matthew chapter 1, we see that... Uh, Joseph is described as a righteous man. This is how Jesus the Messiah, well, you can go back if you don't mind. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, you see, that was a righteous man. I love that. You know, if the Bible could write something about you, what would would the Bible say? I love the compliment that they paid Joseph here, that Joseph was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and took Mary as his wife. So we can see here, the character of Joseph was that he was considered a righteous man. Now, the Bible teaches us that there's really two ways of looking at righteousness, all right? One is we have the righteousness of God in Christ, okay? That's given to us. I like to call that positional righteousness. In other words, we are declared righteous, not based on what we did, but through faith in Christ. God looks at us as righteous. We're justified, right, by Christ, by what He's done. It's a, it's a judicial act of declaring us righteous, even though we may not be righteous. God sees the Son, who is righteous, and seeing us. But then there's also practical righteousness, which is the fleshing out and the working out of your salvation. So it's how we apply our Christian life in daily life, okay? Is how we are righteous so we can see here that Joseph was righteous but in his deeds in his doing that when God called him to do something he did it when God asked him to do it he did it I love the fact that he was obedient and you know he was above average because he was obedient and how do we show that we love the Lord we do it through obedience right We do it through obedience. You are my disciples if you obey me, all right, if you keep my commandments. So that's the thing is that God wants us to keep his commandments, all right? All right, there's that pause again. There you go. All right. We'll get you trained here by the end of the day. Hallelujah. All right, and so we can see that he was obedient when God said, Take the child, take Mary as your wife and name him Jesus. He didn't sit there and say, you know, I don't don't know about that. God told me to do it, but I think better of it myself. And don't tell me that you don't wrestle with God when he tells you to do something. I know I do. Many of us are called to do things, and we're always making excuses, and we're always second-guessing the Lord. But we can see that Joseph didn't second-guess the Lord and that he was obedient to doing what the Lord told him to do. Okay? So for that, uh, we, can, we can definitely take that and say, well, I could be obedient too. I can be like Joseph in that, in that regard. And then again, we can see that he was obedient. Um, in, in Luke 2, in Luke chapter 2, that, uh, again, Joseph had a dream. And, no, not that one. It's the one where the angel appears before him and tells him to go to Egypt. Okay. Yes, there you go. Okay, now that when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And just as a funny part, I don't know about you, but I'd be kind of scared about falling asleep. Because every time I fall asleep, I have a dream about an angel coming to see me and God telling me something to do. And it probably wasn't something that was simple. And here it says, in a dream, arise and take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring your word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and he was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. Okay, so you can see that, that he was told to take the child, and when he woke up, the Bible says that when he woke up, that he did what the angel told him to do. Immediately, he and his wife gathered up Jesus, and they moved to Egypt, and we can see that Joseph was obedient, you know, and that's, that's the important thing for any believer, is for us to trust and obey what the Lord has said, and when we wrestle with God, that's when we find ourselves stepping outside of God's will, and missing out on the blessing that he has for us, so it's important for us to be like Joseph, to be above average, and to be obedient to what the Lord tells us, okay, And then uh, the final point I wanted to bring out here is that, um, well, actually, there's two points. I skipped over one. I always do that when I get excited. But, uh, you know, when God looks at us, he looks at our heart, right, when he calls us. You know, a lot of times people will judge us by the outside. Right? He'll look at us by, judge a book by its cover, so to speak. And when God looks at us, he looks on our heart rather than looking at our credentials, or look. so God looks at our character rather than looking at our credentials. Well, let me put it that way. Amen. Amen. God looks at our heart, and so we can see that Joseph was a good heart, all right. And because he was a good-hearted man, God chose him. And that made him above average. And then finally, I wanted to bring out is that Joseph was a devout man, and that he was invested in uh, Jesus' spiritual life. And we had talked earlier about being a, a parent. You know, it's important for us as parents to be invested in our children's spiritual life. Okay, there you go. It is important for us to be invested because how are they gonna know? Unless you live it out for them. You know, you gotta show them. And the Bible teaches us that we are to, in Proverbs 22, 6, tells us that we are to train up a child in the way that they should go. And then when they're old, they will not depart from it. Um, I don't know if any of you have children that you have raised that you raised them up, you brought them to church, you taught them the word, you led them to Jesus, but then they kind of did their own thing. Don't ever give up. Listen to that verse that says, when they're old, they won't depart. Sometimes I don't, I don't want to have to wait till my son is 70 to see him turn back to the Lord. But I can have peace knowing that in God's time, all those seeds that were planted are going to come back. And they will not depart from what they were taught. And so we are to teach our children. In fact, the Bible is very clear about that. That we're to raise them. In the, uh, bring them up in the admonition and instruction of the Lord. That's Ephesians 6.4. That we're not to provoke or exasperate our children, but we are to raise them in, in the way of the Lord. It's really easy for us to provoke our children and to exasperate them. You know, we can beat them over the head with the Bible. We can, you know, shame them into doing right. We can browbeat them and embarrass them and whatever, but that's not going to stick. That'll only push them away. But when we love them and when we constantly bring them in, in contact with, with God, the best way we know how to do that, God will use that to touch their lives and to, to uh, call them to himself. Amen. All right. There you go. There you go. Cone Colin's smarter than the he's sharp as a marble over there, man. Uh, there you go. All right. Uh, finally, I got this on my phone and I'm having to enlarge it. It makes it kind of challenging for an old man. Anyway. But in Luke 2, we could see that Jesus, I mean that Joseph was invested in Jesus' spiritual life. Be, and we could see that Joseph was a devout man. And what does that mean to be devout? Devout means that you're devoted to something. In other words, you are invested. You invest your time and your resources in that. And so when we're invested in the things of God, and this is what it means that we're, to be devout. All right? So in Luke 2, we'll see that Joseph and Mary meet two people while they were in the temple they meet this old man named Simeon and uh, Simeon was promised by the Lord that he will not die until he saw the Messiah and uh, Simeon was very old but he got to see Jesus as a baby and when he saw Mary and Joseph he spoke over them he prophesied over them and The Bible says that he blessed them, all right? It says that Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against, all right? So not only did he speak over them, but he blessed them. I want you to see that, that he he enriched their lives. And I believe this is what is a good takeaway is that when we are where we're supposed to be, we're going to meet the people we're supposed to meet, all right? That God has ordained in our lives certain places for us to be to meet certain people so that they can do something in our life. They can enrich us and bless us. I think about so many times, you know, that God has arranged, supernaturally orchestrated me being in the right place at the right time to meet the right person for them to answer a prayer or to bring a blessing into my life that I was looking for or needing. And I believe that that that's why, a lot of reasons why we need to come to church, not just so we can hear the preacher preach and sing a few songs and shake a few hands, but we need to be in the right place at the right time because God is orchestrating a blessing in your life, okay? He's trying to do something in your life and he's gonna bring you into a place where you can meet somebody who can fill that void that you have. And God has done that to us when we came to the Venue Church here. God has just brought people into our lives that have been a blessing to us and have encouraged us, and I I love it. And I can't say anything bad about this place because God's been so good to me in that regard. And so we can see here that when when we are where we're supposed to be, then we will meet the people we're supposed to meet and our lives will be enriched and blessed by the people that we're supposed to meet. I think that's a cool takeaway. And so we can see here, Joseph, what, what, what can you really learn about him? What can you really say about him? Well, we can see that he was a, a good-hearted, righteous man and that he was uh, devoted, he was devoted to the Lord because he was busy about doing the Father's work By taking his son that God entrusted to him to the temple to be circumcised so that he could actually meet Simeon and Anna and be blessed by them and then finally we could see that that he was an obedient man that he was obedient to whatever God had called him to and so I want to encourage you today to take these traits that we talked about in Joseph and incorporate them into your life. You know, ask the Lord, how can I be faithful to my calling? You know, you have put children in my life. How can I love them? How can I point them to God? How can I encourage them in their walk? You know, sometimes I think we just kind of just wind it up and let it go, you know. And we just need to be more intentional about loving our children, and more intentional about raising them up in the right way. You know, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that we're to teach them when we stand up, when we sit down, by the way, wherever we go, whatever we do, we're to be teaching our children. And how do you teach them? You teach them not only with your words, but you teach them with your life. You, You model what it means to love Jesus and to follow Jesus through your daily actions. Okay? Amen. Amen. All right, Hallelujah. So uh, it's important for us just to look at these traits of Joseph and say, you know, I can do that too. I can be obedient. I can do what the Father says. You know, when it's time to forgive somebody, you forgive somebody. You know, you don't sit there and stew over it Mm and Think about a hundred ways to maim them and bring vengeance into their life. You know, you try to say, Lord, I want to love them like you do. Help me to see them as, as you do. Lord, give me eyes. And help me to look past that, you know, and to forgive and to love. And, you know, we can be all be obedient Christians if we will put ourselves aside and allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Amen. And so we can also um, be intentional about raising our children. You know, we can be bringing them to church. We can have family devotions. We can pray with them when they're nervous about things and they're going through things. We can always show them that we have faith in God and that we love God no matter what our life may be facing and whatever we're going through. Our, our kids learn more by watching us than listening to us. And I'm sure many of you probably can attest to that. You know, it's like, that kid's, that kid, where'd you get that from, you know? Well, he's been watching you. He's been picking up your bad traits, you know? Uh, And so we need to be mindful that we are raising children and loving them, you know, leading them to the Lord. So we do that by loving them and uh, basically Pointing them to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And finally, we can see that Joseph was a trustworthy man, that God entrusted Jesus to him. And you think about it, of all, like I said, all the people he could have chosen, he chose Joseph. And just think of all that God has entrusted to you. It's required of a steward that he be what? He be found faithful. You need to be faithful with your children, you need to be faithful with anything that God has called you to. Because one day when that time comes, we're going to have to give an account of the deeds done on our body, whether they be good or bad. We're going to have to stand before the Lord, and he's going to say, tell me about what you did for me. What did you accomplish? And he's going to be tried by fire. But anything that we did for the glory of God that we were faithful to, we will be rewarded for. So I want to encourage you to be faithful with your children. that is the greatest ministry that God has given you as your children and love them you know this may be hard for you to take and hard for you to swallow but god gave this to me a long time ago and it's worked for me and it may not work for you you may be too religious to receive it but i'm not trying to bust your chops i'm really not nor am i trying to be disrespectful but um you know the lord told me he said todd this is how you need to approach your ministry. You need to love the hell out of your people. That's right. That's right. And that's, what, that's if you take it for what it means, that we are to love the hell out of our children, we're going to love, if, if I got to clean it up for you, I can say we could love the devil out of them, all right? But we're going to love our children in spite of themselves so that they can see Jesus in us. God's love for us is unconditional. We don't need to be conditional with our children. Oh, if you're a straight-A student, if you're a good kid, I'll bless you. That's not the way God treats us. He loves us in spite of ourselves. So we love with all of our heart. We love our children unconditionally. And we bring them to Jesus and let Jesus do what he does best, is that he cleans them up and places them up as trophies of grace. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let me bless you guys. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, for for Joseph and his example. And, Lord, I ask that we would be not your average Joe when it comes to being faithful with what you've entrusted us. Lord, let us be faithful to your calling. Let us be faithful, Lord, to what you called us to. And, Lord, let us be obedient children for you, Lord. And let us love those that you've put in our lives and... May they be drawn closer to you because of our faithfulness to you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.